This is Danhausen's very nice, very evil introduction to you, the Fanhausen's, who are listening to the Rough House podcast. And if you do not, well, guess what? Danhausen has a special message for you. And so does uh, Christoph and Marty Housen. Guess what it is? That's right. Up yours. Listen to the podcast or up yours. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Roughhouse Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their warhammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 286 for recording date August 7th, 2022. Hello, I am Marty. Oh, that would be my cue. Hi, I'm Chris. <laughs> uh, thank you, folks, for listening uh, to the podcast. Apologies for uh, inconsistencies the past uh, month, but, uh, you know, yeah. everybody needs a little vacay. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, vacations. You know, get off and, my back. And other other things uh, got in the way. Uh, you and I were both at different conventions last weekend. Uh, Indeed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and on on different sides of the table as well uh, because you, you were – you were attending and I was vending and performing. So it was a little yeah. bit of everything. Going I'm performing. Hoity toity mighty over yeah. here. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for, for jumping in and, and uh, A, asking us if we were alive. That That's always good. Um, Love a good welfare check. Yes, yes. Uh, and and those who Makes actually sent loved. the police to my house to check on me, that was a little unnecessary. But I thank you for doing so just the same. How did they get your address? I, I, I don't know. It's not even on the Patreon. Hell, I think the Patreon's still on the Tesla. So let's <laughs> so, probably do something about that. So I have no idea how any of that works. Uh, but anyway, I definitely folks, get the money though. Yes. Uh, anybody? Anyway, folks, it has been uh, an absolutely wild few weeks, and uh, I, I, I think really there's just one way to start it. The World Wrestling Federation for over fifty years, the revolutionary. We are officially in the Papa H era of WWE. Yes, last time we spoke, Vince McMahon had retired 405 Eastern on that Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. And since we talked about it, the, the thought seemed to be, all right, just land the plane. Just carry yeah. carry on. But last Saturday, suspect choice of words there, but okay, <laughs> uh, last, <laughs> we'll get to that. Last Saturday, uh, July 30, uh, July 30th was mm-hmm. SummerSlam 2022. And I think it's fair to say the Triple H era began right then and right there. And uh, I have to say, at least personally, and I look forward to your uh-huh. take on this, Chris. Yeah. Boy, did that guy figure out a way to make me think, holy shit, he's going to pull this off. And then, holy shit, he's fucking up within 
Seven days. <laughs> I mean, okay. Uh, there's clearly a plan that Triple H has yes. in his head of yes. what he's trying to do. Yes. Um, not all the pieces may be, you know, uh, the best choices for this plan uh, to be put into place. You know, mm-hmm. some of the pawns that he may think is a, a bishop or a, a rook, uh, you know, a pawn at best, yes. um, pushed to the moon as a, a possible uh, <laughs> bishop here. <laughs> um, but, you know, like we said the last time we spoke a couple weeks ago, likely – it was going to be SummerSlam going off as mostly originally planned. Yeah. Um, I don't think that, I don't think that there were major differences probably put together in um, the finishes, but there were definitely yeah. some flourishes in SummerSlam of, uh, of, uh, of Triple H getting his, uh, getting his fingers dirty and, and implanting his, uh, uh, his kids. Let's, yes. put, let's put it that way. His NXT yes. kids back Hunter's into kids definitely uh, the fray the, here. The, the benefit here. Uh, also, he's fighting MS while, while bringing them onto the, roster uh but <laughs> he doesn't uh, need any more health issues man <laughs> <laughs> although if you're ryan satin you're you're already fiending for a cody versus triple h match like a fucking chode that he is but whatever put a pin in that thought by the way put a Uh-oh. pin on that thought. okay uh so let, let, let's talk about uh chronological order so uh SummerSlam was last saturday the 30th uh, yes we had uh, Becky Lynch go against Bianca Belair, a match where Becky uh, separated her shoulder. So she's going to be yeah. missing several months, popped it pretty early on and got it through the rest of the match. Credit to Becky there. Uh, because sure. And uh, it was a decent match. It was a pretty good match. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait. You watched SummerSlam? I watched SummerSlam in its entirety. You watched SummerSlam over the course of like three days. Wow! Yes. Hey. All right. I'm not the only one who's who's uh, who's seen the WWE product this time. All right. Look, there's a morbid curiosity. Yes. I I mean, I'm not watching fucking Raw or SmackDown. I'll stick to you know Twitter highlights on that. Yeah. It was SummerSlam. It's the you know what the hottest party of the summer or something Something like like that. that. Yeah, um, I could have gone without summer? seeing fucking Kid Rock making out with whoever the hell that I, I thing don't was. I don't know. I, I thought it was um, um, from Here Comes uh, Little Boo Boo or yeah. the show was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It may have been. Honey I don't know. Um, but yes. Sure. Uh, it probably is grown up Honey Boo Boo Kid Rock would make out with at this point. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, the match the match itself was good. But really, you know, it got completely overshadowed by the big return afterwards yes. of, you know, so, so Bianca Belair wins. It's her home state. She got a huge reaction. Yes. She put on a good performance, picked up a clean win, uh, is celebrating. And then, uh, ding dong. Hello. Here comes Bailey's music. And Bailey walks out to down the extravagantly long ramp, which I understand is a necessity for stadium shows, but man, you know, it was. <laughs> took yeah, it, it became ridiculous, especially with like some run-ins and other moments throughout the night where you're just like, yes. Jesus, fuck!" Like, not everyone is is little nature that shit where they're just like, "I am going to run the marathon Hustling. into the yeah. ring." But yeah, Bailey comes out and uh, joining her is Dakota Kai, who is yeah. under not just a new WWE deal but a main roster deal, and they were mm-hmm. then joined 
by Io Shirai, who now has the new name Io Sky, I-Y-O, so people stop thinking her name is Low because they're dumb. Uh, but yeah, Io uh, Sky. So you now have this this heel female trio of Bailey, Dakota, and Io. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, they go ahead to uh, confront Belair. Becky Lynch joins Belair. Hint of a face turn for Becky, which I feel is a natural place for her to be. Um, sure. And, and that was continued on Raw the following day, you know, when she did her old speech explaining she's going to be out for a few months. It was definitely a, a face turn for Becky and, and a setup for her to interact with the new heel group of Bailey, Dakota, and Io, who don't have a name yet, weirdly enough. Um, but this was the first shot in the arm to what was WWE under Vince McMahon and what the new WWE is going to look like in you had Bailey being pushed very prominently. You had uh, an NXT cut in Dakota Kai mm-hmm. being brought back in. And you had someone who was really sort of floundering, floundering. and, and yeah. waiting for her moment and waiting for her opportunity to go to the main roster in EO Sky. EO, next night on Raw, or sorry, two nights later, uh, because it was a Saturday pay-per-view and then a, a uh-huh. Monday, sorry, Saturday PLE. And then a Monday uh, Raw, you had EO getting the big push um, and, and had a, a hell of a match on Raw. Um, but fact is, already we're seeing, okay, people who were cut can and will be brought back. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, started the discourse on the internet oh, yeah. about who could or would be brought back and who could or would be pushed in this new Triple H-led era of WWE programming. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it's been kind of insufferable (laughs) (laughs) on Twitter of people, you know, of course, everybody, you know, everybody goes straight to just the people that I don't want to see. Your Bray Wyatts and your uh, Karrion Crosses and, uh, you know, uh, things of that nature. But, you know... and, you know, we may see more of them uh, popping back in subsequent weeks and into yeah. months, I'm sure, you know. Uh, and, of course, all these – all the, the anti-AEW-WWE stan Twitter accounts are making up fake uh, stories about how people like Adam Cole are texting, uh, you know, Triple H to try and get out of their AEW deals to come back. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Are yeah. you kidding me right now? Like, Adam Cole is in a premium program with some of the top stars in the company. Uh, yeah. And he's not even clear to wrestle. And he he, he, he ran an angle on featured. Wednesday that made a child cry. Yeah. I think he's in a pretty good spot. He's uh, doing okay. And yeah. he's there with his wife and all his friends. Yeah. He he Adam Cole's okay, baby. baby. Um but but yeah, the the discourse is, you know, it, as with anything with yeah. WWE stands, it's it's pretty pretty insufferable to to scroll past. Um but, uh, but, let's talk about some more of the highlights from from SummerSlam real quick. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just yeah. try to to go through them bullet point wise. Uh, Logan Paul turns out pretty decent worker. Uh, you know, love him or hate him, I certainly lead towards the hate him side personality wise. But you know what? That also kind of gives him an Osprey level of punchability. Uh, that when they decide to make him an actual heel, it might work. Uh, okay, here here it is. Logan Paul's a great fucking pro wrestler. Yeah. 
like I, I'm just I'm 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 thrown out great right off the bat. Yeah. Okay. He's super athletic. Yeah. He's tall. He's got a good look. He has His gear is notoriety. like a ten out of ten. The gear was on point. Um, he has really taken to um, and quickly learned, you know, the psychology of of you know being in these matches and and telling the story in there and uh the physicality is there i think it was in retrospect is going to end up being a really uh big coup for i guess vince and Mm -hmm. whoever else helped bring him in and i i I think triple h is kind of taking him under his wing as well um he went on his podcast and was talking about all these sorts of things with uh with logan paul um it's going to end up being a big deal for for WWE, and yeah. I, I'm with you. I think he's kind of a garbage uh, human being, but you know, and credit goes to the Miz as well because Miz definitely knows how to play that role. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just still for somebody who hasn't watched the product in a while, weird to see Champa, you know, seconding Miz to the ring. It's just a weird. Weird combination, but yeah. again, uh, another one of Triple H's boys uh, or kids that will likely have an increased role coming up. Well, but yeah, well, we, we, we will talk about that. Um, but yeah, uh, some of the other bullet points for the show Austin Theory uh, totally came is a nothing. Yeah, he's, he's a nothing. He, it, it, it's over. Uh, not only did he get murdered by Lashley on the pay per view, he wasn't on TV this week. It's done. Like, the guy, first of all, like, okay, so that the Lashley Austin Theory match happened after the Logan Paul match. Yeah. And if Logan Paul can come in, this is what his second match ever yes. after yes. WrestleMania? Yes. And and put on that kind of a showing and Austin Theory it doesn't have all those bullet points that I just laid out for Logan Paul. Yeah. Austin yeah. Theory is a fucking nobody. He's a nothing. I never was. Yeah. And yeah, just Kick him to the curb, uh, throw him on main event, or you know, wait for his contract to ride out, and and you know, send him away because he's he's not the guy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what Vince saw in him. Uh, you know, well, evidently, but, whatever Vince saw in him, only Vince saw in him because the the shine nobody is else completely does. off the apple. Like it's done. Um, Edge returned uh, yeah. to continue uh, the whole Judgment Day feud to do. Uh, it's funny how much yeah, he went from being Undertaker to being Kane. Yeah. <laughs> But it's funny how much cutting his hair makes him look 10 years younger. Yeah, and like PC Principal from South Park. (laughs) Um, uh, Pat McAfee had a match with Corbin. Uh, Man, McAfee was like the the golden boy of person who isn't a wrestler became a good wrestler. Uh, But, you know, comparing him to Logan Paul in the same show, maybe it's a Miz versus Corbin thing, but oofa doofa. I th- I think it's both. I think yeah. Corbin is no Miz, and the match went way too long. Yeah. Um, with, with some with somebody like McAfee, who's not a technical guy and just relies yeah. on like big stunty spots. Yeah, him getting so much heat and attempting all those. It, 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 it had it been, you know, five to seven minutes and not ten to fifteen, whatever it ended up being, it would have been a lot better. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that definitely dragged on, and you know, again, I really don't care for any part of Baron Corbin or Happy Corbin. Fucking first name's Happy. Uh, whatever the fuck he's going by. Yeah. It, none of that presentation works for me. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was a big whiff as well. 
Uh, Usos defeated Street Profits in the match. That was fine, but nothing you haven't seen a billion times before, except for Jeff Jarrett was wearing the stripes, and that was a f- fucking nothing burger. But hey, it's okay. That yeah. guy was, and we will talk about it, a part of arguably the most horrifying in-ring match of all time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Along with somebody else who was featured prominently on AEW TV uh, this week for some god-awful fucking reason. Um <laughs> But yeah, yeah, the, the the tag match. I mean, yeah, it was it was a fine uh, tag match. You know, Usos did their shit. Street Profits did their shit. Jarrett yeah. just kind of stood there. Yeah, Liv Morgan retained the uh, SmackDown Championship. It looked like Ronda was turning at the end, but if you watch SmackDown on Friday, uh, it's very clear Liv's now a heel to the crowd. The, yeah, the crowd this, this turned is weird completely to me. on Liv. And I don't really understand why. I mean, she had Rousey's shoulders on the mat. Yep. The ref didn't see her tap out. Yes. So she she literally did nothing wrong. Yeah. And, and, is and, and it, the, are the, the the thing was her promo on Friday was very much like you know look I work hard and you know th- this is my big moment, but the crowd turned on her. It, it almost felt like the problem, you know, from the crowd perspective, from the audience perspective, was like, okay, so you're champion now. You worked hard. Who gives a shit that you worked hard? No one cares now. Now show us something else. And I mean, they turned on her real fucking hard. And, and yes, there were definitely moments on TV this week where they were using crowd sweetening. If you need a proof that they aren't using it as much as they used to, it was that promo on Friday because she got eaten alive. Yeah, it, it it it's weird because, you know, I can't imagine do that many people really like Ronda Rousey, or is it just a not liking Liv Morgan in this situation thing? That's a great question. It could be a little bit of both, which may explain why it is such a a, a preponderance of the crowd that that took that tact because you have the people who are over Liv and the people who like Rousey, and then that you know represents a majority, but. Whew, it was it was no good for her. And uh, again, it, it shows. And I feel like we're going to see more of this where there were people who, because of the old presentation, the older presentation of WWE, mm-hmm. who were kind of protected by the fake crowd noise, by the yeah. the announcers, you know, having Vince in their ear saying, put that over, damn it. And yeah. instead, now it strikes me that that Hunter and, and maybe I'm reading in too much, but noticing the lack of fake crowd noise, or at least a, a, a decline in fake crowd noise, Hunter's going to let people fuck or walk on live mm-hmm. TV. And if it works, it works. And if you eat shit, you eat shit. And, you know, I, I certainly feel like that is how wrestling is supposed to work, that, you know, yeah. your, your crowd reaction dictates where you are. Um, but it, it is going to lead to some unique adjustment periods. Uh, main event of, of uh, SummerSlam, by the way, unique. Uh, it was the last man standing between <laughs> Roman and Lesnar. Uh, this will be known forever as the match where uh, the ring got turned on its side. <laughs> yeah, Brock brought a front end loader to the ring and yeah. uh, and lifted the uh, lifted the ring up, um, knocking Roman out of it in hysterical fashion. Yes. Um, look, I understand that you know they needed to do something to freshen up 
the feud because, you know, any other Brock Roman match has pretty much been finisher spam. And that's to say that this wasn't. But with the last man standing stip, which is just a fucking chore to get through. Yeah. Uh, I really hate last man standing matches. Yeah. Um, the, the 10 but, count is confusing. It, 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 it It's very confusing. And it just takes forever too. Yeah. Like every every move, you know, you gotta wait, you know, and they always get up at nine and a half, you know, yeah. the whole fucking time. So it's just like, okay, all yeah. right. You know, and then once it kind of heated up towards the end, you know, Paul Heyman gets F five through the table, Usos, you know, come down to help uh Roman and they get fucked up and you know, Austin Theory, you know, comes down with the briefcase and attempts to cash in and then he gets fucked to hell, uh, yeah. which was kind of hysterical. Um and then they had to I think it was I don't even remember how many uh it was like a bunch of Superman punches and then a spear or two, and then they uh-huh. just covered Brock with a whole bunch of random shit at ringside for the for the ten count. Yeah. Uh which actually looked really painful. There was a lot of shit stacked up on Brock at the end there yeah yeah <laughs> that had to suck uh which makes it so that uh roman is now three and oh against lesnar this year so uh, th- this year alone yeah. not to mention the other five matches they've had in the past you know 10 yeah. years but the new era continued on monday as uh again if you're watching match by match it doesn't seem that different the the hyper cutting is still in the mix there is, like I said, a lack of uh, faux crowd noise. Not necessarily mm-hmm. that it's not being used, but it's being used less. Um, but what was also interesting is the way that the show was timed out and paced out. You no longer had those incredibly frustrating moments of opponent one comes out and here's 15 video packages and commercials and everything else. Right. And here comes person number two. No, the matches happened. Uh, also, Champa is being made into the guy. As they had a one-night tournament over the course of the night for uh, a, a United States title shot. Top of the show, they put over the history of the United States title, including a video package of great United States title matches. Uh, in the main Did event they include of the Dean Ambrose? <laughs> um, well, it was, it was, you know, cleared. U.S. Uh, yeah. U.S. title holders. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Main event ended up uh, being, uh, I think it was Ciampa and AJ. Um and uh, uh, sorry, uh, not the main event. It was uh, the the next last match. But yeah, it was Champa and AJ. They had uh, Booker T come out to do commentary on it, which I know Booker Ugh. T sucks, but they're putting over the fact that he's a former U.S. champ and having him do commentary to talk about what it's like being a U.S. champion. Like this is such simple pro wrestling shit that we haven't seen yeah. on WWE programming in ages, and we got it here. Okay. So. Tip of the hat there. Main event ended up being uh, Usos defending against Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Uh, Ray and Dominic ended up losing uh, due to you don't some, say due, due to some shenaniganry from uh, Judgment Day. But mm-hmm. what was crazy was we had a whole bunch of matches announced for Raw the next week, and I'm actually pretty confident they're going to happen. We'll see. Time will tell. And then Friday on SmackDown talked about Liv Morgan having. Uh, being eaten alive. Also, Ricochet beat Happy Corbin clean. So hmm. another one wow. of Triple H's boys being given a push. Shayna Baszler won the number one contendership for the SmackDown women's title. So it's going to be her versus Liv Morgan at Clash of the Castle. And, okay. oh boy, at the end of the night, Drew McIntyre came out to confront Roman Reigns. 
purpose being uh-huh. build their match at Class of the Castle, which will be in England mm-hmm. in front of 60,000 fans. It's going to be a whole big to-do. And just before everything goes off the air, who should return to the WWE with hair but Karrion Cross and Scarlet? Of all the people still out there that they fired, that is not the one I was chomping at the bit for them to rehire. But this is definitely Triple H trying to make fetch happen here. There there was no one more clearly in the golden black era being the Triple H guy than Karrion Cross. And it didn't work then. No, <laughs> it's not going to work now. No, especially because he's it not looks that like guy. They're, they're, they're slotting him in to go against Roman and Drew, so they're going to try to make yeah. him a main event guy. Good luck, fucker. And if you if it's going to be one of the you know, uh, I think I read a rumor that they're going to uh, maybe take one of the titles off of Roman somehow to you know yeah, to actually the divide title. the title. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Let it be Drew and not let it be fucking Cross because, you know, having Cross be that guy as the top guy on either one of those shows literally makes zero sense to me. Yes. Um, and is not going to make me, you know, uh, tune – not that I was going to tune in anyway, but, you know, Drew McIntyre yeah. is a little more exciting to me as a champion than than Karrion Cross, who looks weird with hair. And somebody pointed this out on Twitter and I can't stop thinking about it. They bring like the hourglass – to the ring, uh, and, and the whole thing is TikTok. TikTok, yes, and that's not what that's not what it makes. An hourglass does not tick, nor does it talk. No, uh, no. which I mean, nor does it which do is, a I mean, bring like dance. a big flavor Flav type, you know, like uh, clock to wear around the neck or something like that. That makes more How sense fucking because it's an Scarlet lug around a gigantic grandfather clock to the ring. I mean. They're all the rage now, thanks to Stranger Things, our grandfather yeah. clocks. So you yeah. know what. Let's uh let, let's let's make it happen. But yeah, uh, an hourglass does not tick or talk. Yeah. Uh, and Neither it's it's stupid. And I, you know, at least I guess at least Scarlet's there and she kind of helps the presentation a little bit, but only because it distracts you from looking at this chode with the fucking uh you know full head of hair. It just uh, you know yeah with a you, full you head can, uh, with a full head of hair, Cross could not look more like a guy. Just a guy. Uh huh. Yeah, I know. No, At least nothing when he about was shaved bald, out. he kind of had like a crazy look. Now he just looks like you know some guy named Dan. I don't know what his he, name he looks is. like. A fucking bouncer at power plant. Like <laughs> that's. Uh, my, I'm, I'm expecting you to be my world champion right now. It's yeah. like, sorry, bro. It's yeah. not. You know, you can kick me out of having a nice day cafe all you want. Well, am I dating myself with that reference? But I, yeah, I, I, it's no, just... I, I appreciated it. Uh, so. <laughs> Who do you think pops up next? Who do you think is the the next Triple H boy to get a push? I mean, I will say Tommaso Ciampa's going for the U.S. title in Cleveland on Monday. Yeah. 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 That was my that was my that was my guess. Gargano. And you know what? You can have him. Yeah. You know, just for the love of everything. Holy. Just keep them apart. (laughs) (laughs) Just. Don't don't jump right back into that because that was the feud that would not end. And yeah, dramatically staring at your hands, wondering how violent have I become? Yeah. Uh, yawn. Uh, yeah. Nobody nobody needs to see that shit again. Yeah. Um, but you know, Chris, they've never seen it on the main roster. There's nothing quite uh, like seeing it on the main roster. Uh, yeah, do you think yeah. Bray that Wyatt gets a call? That shit died in NXT. That ain't going to fly on the fucking main roster. Uh, do I think Bray Wyatt gets a call yeah. eventually? 
Yeah. Okay. He'll he'll pop back up. I don't know if it'll be full fiend uh, or a different character or you know swamp monster yeah. hillbilly Bray Wyatt again yeah. or Wyndham Rotunda. I don't know yeah. what he's going to be, but I have a feeling he will be back in WWE uh, by the end of the year. I'm saying. Considering they got one third of the gentlemen who are controlling their narrative and trying to tour without licenses, do you think they're <laughs> going to get either EC3 or Braun? Uh, I don't see EC3 happening. Okay. Um, Braun, a possibility. I don't think it's a great possibility. I, I mean, think his girlfriend's still he, in on the roster, so I think there's that. Who's that? Uh, Raquel. Uh, sorry, Raquel Rodriguez. Really? Yeah. Huh, because Braun strikes me as the type of guy who doesn't like people from south of the border. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but she's so big. That's, she tall. That's, I mean, I get that, but, yeah. you know, that's legitimately shocking to me. Okay, uh, he, he's a possibility, but I, you know, you it doesn't EC3. move a needle. Oh, no, no. It, it I don't think EC3, and I don't think Braun either, yeah. necessarily. He, Braun has a better shot than EC3, for sure. Okay. I mean, EC3 was attempted to be a thing, what, two, three times in WWE? And it yeah, didn't but, happen any of those but times. never under Triple H's watch. And he was a thing yeah. in NXT. So that's the only reason I, know, why I but, think that. that mm, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's, I, I, and I don't, you know, if I'm EC3, I don't even know if I want to go through it again. Uh, attempting all that shit. I, he doesn't, well, he's, not, he's not on need. Chris talking about things that, probably shouldn't be attempted again. Let's talk about the saddest thing uh-huh. we didn't get to uh, talk about during our time away. <laughs> last Sunday night, it was Ric Flair's last match during mm-hmm. Starcast sure weekend is. in Nashville, Tennessee. 73 years young, Ric Flair entered the ring with a hurt foot, plantar fasciitis. Am I saying that right? Am I saying that Plantar fasciitis, yep. Uh, He had that going on. And yes, there were three other people to work the match. It was him and Andrade against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. What a fucking combination of fucking people there too by the way good god i mean i get uh, you know they all kind of make some bit of sense but looking at that on paper it just looks like you know you hit random for three times for uh you know Mm -hmm. opponent and partner for rick flair yeah uh you know i mean andrade makes you know obviously makes sense it's son-in-law and he could do the majority of the work Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah jared could totally do a full memphis you know smoke and mirrors match and lethal was the guy he was training with so i I understand the logic Right. But expectation and reality are two very different things. And uh, this was proven in the saddest of ways in this match. Um, when he faked you know, a heart attack and that, no. that, that, that portion. No, that, though that did happen. Uh, I yes, mean, the, I the know. show as a whole, which looked great on paper, every single match except for the main event was very short. Um, like the longest matches were. 12 minutes long, and that includes the uh, the uh, AAA four-way, um, which was really good, but what people... Was that are, the one with uh, Bandito and uh, Bandito, Black Taurus? Taurus, uh, Laredo Kid, and Ray Phoenix, yeah. Okay. Oh, um, Phoenix was on that show, too? He was, yes. Okay, all uh, I saw was the gif of Bandito's... Uh, Bandito nearly dying around, and, uh, and Taurus. Taurus yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But uh, the the main event is what people are going to remember. And Flair comes out. He's in his robe. Uh, he's wearing a shirt underneath his robe. Was like, he crying yet? Uh, no, he did cry at the end. But that may have been because he had fear of God of dying. Uh, because uh, towards the end of the match, um, Flair took a suplex by, I believe it was Jeff Jarrett. Uh and could not get up afterwards. Oh, legitimately. Legitimately could not get up. Uh, the The idea behind the finish was uh, Andrade was going to pass Nux to Rick. Rick would hit Jarrett with the Nux and then lock on the figure four. Flair could not get up. So Andrade passes the Nux to Ric Flair. Flair's hand is visibly shaking. So Andrade has to pass the Nux to the other hand. Flair, while oh staying on the ring, staying on the mat, has vertical, to throw, or is he sitting up at least? Uh, vertical has to okay. throw the punch at Jared. So Jared has to lean in for the. Oh, sorry, horizontal. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jared has to lean in for the punch, and then Flair has to lock on the figure four while laying down. Oh my god! Yeah, um, that's just sad. Uh, it, it was very sad, and if I could, I'm, I'm going to read probably the, the definitive turn of phrase um, uh, from Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer, of course, mm-hmm. has been you know following the entire career of Ric Flair. He's legitimately a friend, sure. of, his, friend of his. He refused to rate the match. Um, but sure. in, in his review, here's what he said. Uh, Wrestling is supposed to make you happy or make you mad, but this just made you sad. I thought watching Chuck Liddell and Evander Holyfield come back was sad and shouldn't have been allowed, but this was far worse. Even Mil Mascaris at the end never made you watch and fear a real tragedy could happen. I guess this ended up okay will make it okay to some. It's not about age. Mike Jackson is almost the same age and can still go. But Flair's been through so much. Perhaps had he not been injured, it would have been different. And if this was boxing or MMA or a major wrestling promotion like WWE or AEW, they would just postpone it until he was ready. But so many circumstances with the idea of piggybacking off of the SummerSlam traveling crowd and getting all the talent that was already there for other shows made them not change the date. Still, as a kid, I remember one of the things uh, kids my age and older always said was how sad it was seeing Willie Mays in that final year. I can recall seeing Ali against Larry Holmes and Trevor Burbeck and thinking just how horrible it was to see the greatest reduced to this. But that vision of Flair lying there shaking, unable to put brass knucks on and unable to get up was the most traumatic by far. Oh, traumatic. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I get it. Like I said, from the start, this is a terrible idea and, uh, I hate to be proven right. Uh, but I think pretty much everybody, but Ric Flair knew that and maybe Conrad Thompson, his other son-in-law, yeah. that's a weird ass fucking family. Um, that, uh, <laughs> the extended family of the flares right there. Yeah, it, it, um, it really is. Um, you know, and, so many people were a part of that show. So many people were there live, like in the crowd. They showed Undertaker, Bret Hart, Mick Foley, Jerry Lawler, yeah. countless others. Um, there was a whole GCW contingent because they did a whole invasion angle for the the Bunkhouse Brawl match, which uh, right into uh, some bookings Rampage. for AEW this week. Yeah. Um, just it was it was very weird. I mean, look, it it, it did twenty four thousand buys, made nearly half a million dollars in the gate. So I guess it was supposed to, it did everything it was supposed to, but it was just sad. Uh, and and same can be said for the roast of Ric Flair, which 
Uh, I don't know. Oh, I haven't them. heard anything about that. How terrible was that? Pretty terrible. Uh, a lot of transphobia, um, a lot of racism. Oh, um, I mean, look, I, I, I recognize that roasts are typically in poor taste, but there was a lot of punching down here. And uh, yeah. Uh, apparently, uh, Rick has started drinking again. So people were commenting on that. Um, that's a yeah. choice. Uh, Ron Funches seemed to be the only person who was totally aware of everything going on. And he kind of made his whole set about how, uh, Rick might be a terrible person and we shouldn't be holding him up like this. So, uh, credit to the balls of Ron Funches, uh, yeah. one time associate of this very podcast. Um, yeah, well, very long time ago. Yes, but still worth noting. Yeah. Um, just, uh, yeah. Oh, and uh, Eric Bischoff just made his a gigantic ad for Manscaped. So there's that. Oh, God. Fucking Eric Bischoff. That said, The Rock we, did appear. Can we shoot video. him into the sun? Okay. Uh, All right. The Rock appeared via video, something he couldn't even do for the 20th anniversary of The Rock pay per view. Yeah, right. Yeah, he did it for TNA and now for Ric Flair, but not yep. for WWE, not which for is WWE. hysterical in so many ways. Yes. I mean, he's going to end up owning the WWE at some point anyway, so. Oh, you just, know what? You know, this just made me. We'll give uh, it time. This made me some. Reminded me of something I wanted to ask you in the WWE segment. Sorry that we're jumping back. Okay. Try to, try to be a little bit more, you know, defined in our segments. Question to you, Chris. How fucked yeah. is Cody Rhodes? Uh, <laughs> um. I th- I think that Triple H may harbor some thoughts and opinions towards the stuff that Cody did while starting AEW. However, the piss I ant also company. feel that's a competition, right? Yeah. I also feel that, you know, Triple H in this position now in t- this part of 2022 after the health scare and everything i feel like he may be kind of a different person and may be able to look us uh you know uh, aside from all that uh stuff that cody did and say hey you know uh it was uh, it was business it's mm-hmm. you know because triple h remember the invasion of wcw with dx yeah. back in the day like yeah. this is all stuff that he has done and he you know so i even though it was directed towards him, you know, he, he, he may sit on it a little bit, mm-hmm. but I really don't think it will hinder Cody's status once he gets back from injury. Um, because I feel like, you know, now to, to borrow the trite old phrase, Cody Rhodes, one of the things that's best for business. Uh, and mm-hmm. I feel like there's good business to be made with Cody and WWE. So I feel like now that Triple H is kind of overseeing everything, he's going to be a little more, okay, you know, we'll shake on it, you know, have a couple of beers or maybe not drink. He probably shouldn't be drinking. Um, have a couple of protein shakes and, uh, you know, sit back, talk about it and uh, and go through it that way. Do you have different thoughts? Well, I, I you know, I, I – I appreciate your thoughts, and I, you know, it does track that the guy who's basically going to take the main roster and tell the entire world, "No, you were wrong." NXT was really good. Is going to let things just rest in the past and not try to relitigate them on the public forum. That that makes total sense. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, yeah. No, that that absolutely tracks. If I've noticed anything about Triple H over the years, it's he's not a guy who you know goes back and buries people for arbitrary slights from the past. He he didn't bring back Goldberg just so he could pin him in the ring or anything like that. Anyway, (laughs) 
A quick check-in with the G1 Climax, uh, as we are now yeah, 13 what is, what is days happening in. here? Uh, what is happening here? Is, has Shingo only won one match? Uh, is that what has happened here? Uh, let's see. What block is Shingo in? No, no, see. he's won two. He's won two. He's won two. He's tied that's for second, that's... but to be fair, almost everyone in the D block is tied for second. Um some oh, wild D, shit's going saying, on right now. Uh, so. Yeah, I haven't really been following. I've been doing the predictions of the New Japan Collection app, and I've not yes. been doing well. Um, yeah. So please, explain to me what's been happening. Yeah, let, let, let's talk about some of the highlights and the lowlights. Now, this has not been the match of the year factory that the G1 has been in the past. Um, okay. Whether it is because of age, because of the weird blocking, what have you. There have been some very good matches. Ishii versus Jay White from uh, a few shows ago was really, really good. Uh, Cobb okay. uh, against uh, Okada from night one, very, very good. Uh, ZSJ. I heard Cobb and Jonah had a really good match, too. Uh, yes, yeah, so that just happened. Um, yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, Okada. ZSJ. Oh, sorry. Uh, ZSJ and uh, Tana. Had a really great match, as okay. one expects they them always to do. do. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got a great chemistry. Tom Lawler is really showing out and, and showing up. Okay. Had a great match with, of all people, Yano, uh, including <laughs> okay. uh, uh, over the course of his match, uh, A, uh, he came out wearing a wig, uh, which Yano promptly stole from him. Uh, Yano, of course, offered the DVDs to uh-huh. uh, Filthy Tom. Tom decided to broker a uh, bar- uh, bartering system here. And for the two Yano DVDs, he gave him a copy of Sister Act and Sister Act 2 on DVD. Back in the habit. Yes. Yeah. Uh, not to mention, uh, Yano kept trying to steal uh, Lawler's jean short uh, tights. Uh, uh-huh. They were stolen, and it turns out that Lawler was wearing smaller and smaller and smaller jean shorts underneath his jean shorts. So the dude's getting it. Okay. Yeah. Also, he, okay. he did commentary on on some of the nights for the English commentary, and he's actually really fucking good. Um, Is he? All right. You can tell he watches a lot of tapes, but also he he's got some clever uh, pop culture references. Uh, another fun match from uh, the uh, the big boy block, the A block. Uh, Jeff Cobb and Lance Archer said, "Fuck it, we're doing a spot fest." <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they were right. doing dives and high drop kicks and all sorts of craziness. So that was really fun. But the current standings. And uh, there's one more story bit I need to mention when we talk about the standings. Um, The current standings, uh, A Block tied at the top with six points are Okada and Jonah. Jonah defeating Okada today. So uh, the the tiebreaker would be in Jonah's favor. Um, Again, I still have some shows to go. Uh, Tied for second uh, with four points. So two wins each. That's Jeff Cobb, Bad Luck Fale, Lance Archer. And Tom Lawler and Yano's at the bottom with just two points. Okay. B-Block, Jay White, unstoppable, eight points. Good so for he him. is all the way at the top. Then we've got four people in second with four points, Sonata, Tamatanga, Taichi, Chase, Owens. And then tied for the bottom with two points each, Ishii and Great Okan. This is probably the last Wow, I figured Okan would have a one. much better tournament than that. I, I think because he's the heel, he's an easy guy to... Uh, of the group, he's the heeliest heel. He's the easiest one to be the yeah. the designated fall guy of the B block. C block, hmm. tied at the top are ZSJ and Tanahashi. Uh, then in, uh, three people in second, Goto, Naito, and Evil with four. Aaron Hanare has two, and Kenta has two at the bottom. Then the D block, Dang. the surprise Cinderella story of the tournament. At the top with six points, David Finley. 
Really? David Finley getting the rocket push. He beat Juice hmm. Robinson, who had been calling himself the interim U.S. champion, and then proceeded to later on in the tournament have a great match with and beat Will Ospreay. So uh, Finley beat Osprey. Finley beat Osprey. So they're going to have an actual U.S. title wow. match coming out of uh, the G1. Um, then did oh. Shingo beat Osprey? I know they had another. Uh, they had another match either yesterday I or today. Can't recall. Have to look and see if I can find a graphic oh, okay. with all the win losses. That's all right. Um, but yeah, so, almost uh, everybody else is tied uh, with four points, and Alpha and Tasman is at the bottom with two. How is it going like uh, winner of A block faces winner of B block or something like that? I, and I then believe it's A versus that, that B kind of and tournament then C style. versus D and then, you know, the, okay. the, the final winners face off. Finale. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, also of note, uh, New Japan and Stardom have uh, revealed not only the name of their big crossover show uh, on November 20th. Uh, that will be called Historic. And I think it's supposed to be pronounced like cross, but it's spelled X. Dash over like it's an X-Men series from the 90s. Mm-hmm. So historic mm-hmm. crossover will be on November 20th. And on that show, uh, they will have mixed tag matches. They will have uh, male, you know, man versus man, female versus female matches. But also they will uh, crown the first ever IWGP women's champion on that show. So that's pretty exciting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and no I've heard that. Uh, just incidentally, I've heard that the Stardom um, Five Star uh, Grand Prix, which is going on right now, their version of the G One, I hear that's been G1, fucking yeah. killer. So, okay. So if if you're at all interested in watching skilled women wrestle, uh, sign up for Stardom World. It's still early enough in the month where it's worth doing. Um, but uh, yeah, normal G One craziness going on, and don't even try to get me started with G One math. I'm I'm not. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. But hey, let's talk about regular math. The other company we enjoy. (laughs) AEW is heading to the quake at the lake. Or sorry, by the lake. Uh, This coming Wednesday, that's a special edition of Dynamite coming at you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's a packed card. And uh, we've got some big-time matches being built on it. The biggest one is Jericho Moxley 2 for the world title. As it's not just going to be any Jericho. It's going to be the Lionheart Chris Jericho, who uh, beat John or sorry, beat uh, Wheeler Yuta this week to uh, retain his title shot. And he did the old traditional uh, high-angle lion tamer to mm-hmm. uh, win it. Um, I got to say, I'm not super into Jericho being in a main event program, but I think they've done a decent job building here. What do you think? I think that AEW has outgrown his need for Chris Jericho. Full stop. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I He's he's done nothing for me uh, in, in, in some time here. You know, he was a big coup when the company was founded and, mm-hmm. you know, a recognizable face uh, to put on the, the advertising and the media and, and, and everything to get eyes on the product. I think, you know, and, and granted, the, the ratings aren't through the roof and, you know, the whole thing happening with Warner Brothers Discovery right now is uh, <laughs> suspect at best. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's not looking good see. for anyone under that because when a 90 million dollar superhero movie, one of the few. Uh, reliable sources of revenue for a movie studio. When one of those gets canned, it's not looking good for anyone under that. Umbrella. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, granted, you know, AEW is more sports than entertainment. Yeah. Lack of a better uh, turn of phrase there. 
But, you know, uh, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get a little skid marky in my, my underbridge is there wondering what's going to happen uh, in the future when, you know, because I think the deal is up for negotiation next year. Yeah. Yeah. I think end of this year, I early think. next year is really going to start hearing more about it. Um, and but to, if, if I'm them, I want to start getting other bidders in the mix, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but to circle back. Um, yeah, I'm not excited for uh, this whole Jericho business either. And what makes me double worried is this whole, you know, bringing back the Lionheart Chris Jericho sort of thing is making me a little worried yeah. <laughs> that he might win the damn thing, which I cannot see as a good idea in any uh, any of the multiverse. I don't think he's going to win. Um, at least I hope not. Uh, I do want to say real quick, as much as I make fun of a lot of the branding and stuff that Chris Jericho clearly puts together for him and his character, the last survivor of the heart dungeon is a hell of a turn of phrase. And I wish it was being applied to someone other than Chris Jericho. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, the match should be fine. And and look, the rest of that card is killer. You know, you've got, uh, excuse me, the uh, the coffin match between Darby Allen and, and Brody King, sure. which should absolutely should rule roll. based off of their TV match a yeah. few weeks ago. Uh, you got a tornado tag match with the Lucha Bros and Faction and Gabanable. So, like, it, it should be uh, a real, real fun night of TV. Um, and Jade Cargill versus Madison Rain. Yeah, so about that. Uh, <laughs> there's a story that probably ties into another story that came from this week. So since we last recorded, it, it come out that not only did Jonathan Gresham dropped the Ring of Honor title uh, on the 23rd at Death Before Dishonor, uh, he also got into a shouting match with Tony Khan and apparently demanded his release. Uh, I guess. Yeah, and we we I don't think there's been a definitive sort of story. I've, yeah. We've heard a lot of hearsay as to what may have happened. Um, some say it wasn't a shouting match. Some say that uh, hilariously, Jonathan Gresham tried to use his ranking in the PWI 500 as a, an argument point for better booking, which is just yeah. chef's kiss. At, at that point, I really hope TK just pointed out the fact that he was Booker of the Year, according to the Wrestling Observer. <laughs> Right. You know, yeah. Just just get ridiculous. Um. Anyway, you slice it. Jonathan Gresham, you know, felt like he was being looks to be on the outs. He, he's on the outs. Felt like he was being given uh, the 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 short thrift here. You know, he's he's doesn't loom tall in the Ring of Honor roster. He's oh uh, come on. You know, you're gonna make that joke. <laughs> what? I'm I'm just saying that making a short joke. Come on. Why would I make a short joke about Jonathan Gresham? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I'm sure he's going to get the rest of the Lollipop Guild behind him and yeah. file a grievance. And if anything, okay? the Ring of Honor roster and AEW <laughs> roster, for that matter, is not shorthanded. They will be fine. Come on. But what on. came out of this not was... Not Hall of an Order. <laughs> what came out of it was this week that a number of people have been promoted within AEW to the vice president mm -hmm. level. Uh, those being Sanjay Dutt, QT Marshall, Pat Buck, and Tony Schiavone. So now we have sort of this booking guild within mm -hmm. AEW. So, uh, you know, you've got Tony at the top. Sanjay is going to be the VP of Production and Creative Coordination. He'll be uh, liaising between post-production and key staff to maintain content flow, produce ancillary content, and mentor new producers. According to the press okay. release, QT Marshall is the VP of show and creative coordination, managing show elements, including planning programs and storylines, character development, so on. 
uh, Pat Buck being VP of Talent Development, where he will liaise with uh, talent and production, oversee all the coaches, providing input on matches and promos. And then uh, Tony Schiavone, senior producer, special advisor to talent, where he's going to work directly with talent as part of the talent relations team. This is something he apparently wanted to do way back when, when he was part of the WWF, where basically he works with talent to improve them on their promos and their interviews. So... Uh, that, yeah. That's actually a cool spot for Tony to be in. Uh, Christopher Daniels, still Absolutely. manager of talent relations, but then head scratchingly uh, added to the backstage team as a coach for the women's division, noted superstar and wrestling observer winner for women of the year. Wait, no, she wasn't. Madison Rain. Yeah, I mean, okay. I mean, as a coach, sure. I guess. As a th- as uh, you got, I mean, you've had Emmy Sakura backstage for how long? Well, is there a language barrier issue there? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Madison Rain has TV experience, uh, being on Impact for what seems like ever, yeah. from my knowledge. Yeah. Um, I never really remember her because I never watched Impact being a uh, main event really player there for anything more than a cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, Okay, I mean, more coaches the better, I guess. But as a threatening on-screen talent, that's where I start scratching. That's my head. the problem. Why the yeah. fuck was she on my TV this week? Because she is not yeah. good. She's she is far from the elite of professional wrestling, especially the women. You have a a, a literal locker room filled yeah. with better women. I, I recognize that. A struggle that Tony Khan seems to have sometimes is he doesn't want to let someone win over someone else. Like it, it, it's clear he avoids some matches and some collisions because it's like, oh well, then so and so is going to lose, right? But it's just like this is this is not the people, way, man. Like, people have to lose. Yeah, <laughs> okay, uh, you the, can't have everybody undefeated. The uh, the the you know crown jewel of the knockouts division is not someone who I'm looking to to set the trend. For for women's wrestling in 2022, yeah, yeah, I, I it's it's a little boggling, mind boggling yeah. this this whole, and you know I'm sure she's a, a wonderful person. Yeah, um, I've got nothing against her as an individual, uh, and you know maybe she has some some skill and talent that we don't recognize because we've never worked with her backstage. But it just – it seems like a head-scratcher. Like, But you've got Serena D back there working with people and then yeah. you bring in Madison You've got Rain? Allison Danger on the market. I don't know who that – who, uh, who's Allison that? Allison Danger, uh, Kathy Carino, who's Steve Carino's sister. She, oh, 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 uh, oh. She oh. was yeah, working yeah, yeah. for WWE's PC, was let go. Moved to Florida and then got Moved axed. to Florida and yeah. everything. She, she was one half of the brain trust behind Shimmer. Like, she was part of Ring of Honor, so you think TK would be absolutely doing backflips over her. I Is Sarah Del Rey still on a contract with WWE? She is, yes. She is uh, still the the head coach of the ladies over there. I just look at the opportunity of people who are on the market. I'm just like, where's the phone call to Alice in Danger? Maybe maybe one's coming and we aren't privy to it, but... I mean, this was shit. I, I, I think she's technically retired, but Gail Kim moves needle a lot, hell of a lot yeah. more than Madison Rain. I mean, uh, she she's still part of things at Impact. So is she still in the contract there? Yeah. Mm. Well, she doesn't okay. wrestle, but I think she's part of the behind the scenes stuff. But like, I also yeah. know uh, Maria Kanellis really wanted to do stuff with TK, and it's just like, come on, man. And speaking of I stuff mean, that made me say, "Come on, man," this week with TK, Jay Lethal. 
These assholes. Yes, yes. Uh, since I don't have a stable name, these assholes is what we've been going with. Thank you, random person on the internet, for that turn of phrase. Oh, I'll uh, give you credit for that. Oh, yeah, well, I, I, I have to give it to someone on the internet. Um, I'll give it to you. Thank you. Uh, Giggity. Why did they have to have him pin Orange Cassidy? Like, OC just had a hell of a match with... Will Ospreay, he's getting a whole bunch of wins, and you fucking derail it for one of the most bland people in pro wrestling history. Yeah, now, well, I understand part of it. I understand that you have to, you know, make Lethal a credible challenger if he's going to challenge for a title. That I understand. Why it had to be Orange Cassidy and not Chuck or Trent, I don't understand. Yeah. Um... That that did not make a lot of sense. Only, you know, because you knew he wasn't going to be Wardlow. Yeah. And another thing that is making me scratch my head, like, wow, man, they Wardlow cooled the fuck off after his really hot uh, ascent to being yeah. champion. And then yeah. it had been like a couple weeks since we had even seen him on TV. Uh, you know, I, it's, it, and it's, I feel like I'm saying this almost every week here. Like, Tony Khan really does a good job at building challengers to championships Mm. I don't think he's very good yet at booking champions. Yeah. And, and I will say face champions are always more difficult to book than heel champions. Unless you're going to do, you know, uh, a Hulk Hogan, John Cena style, you know, takes on the villain of the week and always triumph sort of role. The The better <sighs> champions are usually yeah. heels. Mox is probably the biggest difference uh, in, in all of this, you know. Because Mox brings such a hard-nosed approach to what he does as yeah. champion. Um, you know, as as interim champion right now, looking back to his actual title run in the pandemic era, mm-hmm. you know, he was doing unique and captivating things. But Hangman's another example where got hot, yeah. put the belt on him. Yes, he had the awesome feud with uh, Brian Danielson, but then after that, cooled off pretty hard. Those twelve matches with Adam Cole do that to you. It's true. It's true. Uh, but yeah, Wardlow, hot as shit. I think the MJF thing. I I, I don't want to pat myself on the back here. I said it then. MJF coming out the following Monday and just being like, eh, "Well, I guess my neck hurts." Like I feel like that took a lot off of you know what Wardlow did. <sighs> and then, maybe yes, his match with OC was great, but. There's there's no one compelling that that is out there for him. Maybe this Stokely Hathaway group is going to be the next big thing, but even then you're gonna you know have Ethan Page in the mix again. Like I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'm not I'm not sure, but you know there are plenty of people on the roster who aren't injured that you know could be in a position on my TV uh, two or three times a week where Jay Lethal doesn't have to be is, I guess, we're, what we're getting out of here. Uh, you know, I, I maybe it's keep Sanjay behind the scenes, delegate Lethal to Ring of Honor, and maybe just cut bait on Satnam Singh because... Well, it looks like they're not giving up on him yet if last night at Battle of the Belts was any indication because, I uh, yes, Wardlow beat Jay Lethal. You know, I imagine it's fine. I mean, I guess part of... When I think about it, I guess part of having that match happen was the idea of Lethal is say what you will about his blandness as being a horcrux of Ring of Honor and, uh, you know, the accusations about how he is behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. He's a very solid in-ring guy. Sure. And in turn, having a guy like Wardlow, who's still 
a bit wet behind the ears, getting the ring with him is a good thing. But I don't give a shit about that. And moreover, I especially am not looking forward to Satnam Singh versus Wardlow, which I guess might be the pay-per-view program. I, I guess. I mean, this you know, it'll end with Wardlow powerbombing Satnam Singh. Yes. I mean, we all know the finish. Yeah. Uh, I would rather it happen before a pay-per-view and not have to spend the next four weeks uh, dealing with these assholes yes. uh, getting in Wardlow's face. You know, the crowd still seems pretty behind Wardlow. He had a mm-hmm. good reception and they're doing the chants and, and everything. But, you know, it's a, a credible, uh, good opponent for him would really do wonders for him right now. And just get him get these assholes away as soon as possible. Yeah. Uh, the, the second match on Battle of the Belts was Jamie Hayter getting an AEW world title shot against Thunder Rosa. Mm. Um, this was spitting off of the tag match that they had on mm-hmm. Wednesday. Uh, I know you and I both were big fans of Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. I think she, unfortunately, is another example of someone cooling off after winning the title. Mm-hmm. And I would like to just say formally, officially, because it looks like we're probably heading to a four-way at uh, all out. Um, Jamie Hader should be women's world champion. She Preach. Is, Strap her up, baby. She's unbelievable. She's everything. Yeah. She's everything I want. <laughs> yeah. Like, In every way. Let, 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 let's take away uh, how athletic I feel she is. Mm, uh, so athletic. She is such a talent in the ring. And yeah. the crowd really reacts to her. Face or heel, they react to her. Um, I think she probably sells the best out of anybody in the women's division too. Yeah. Like not only, you know, f- f- facials and, and, and body selling, but like she full on like goes for taking the damage. Like when, whenever she takes like a flying cross body, she yeah. jumps so that she falls twice as hard and it yeah. always looks amazing. Yeah. Um, but like she is also doing what I feel like the AEW women's style should be to, to, you know, designate itself as something different from WWE's women's division. She's very hard nosed. It's very fast paced. Like that's, that's what I would want out of that division. I know she's got, you know, the, the history of being in stardom and everything. So all of that is drilled into her, but I'm just like, God damn, strap her up as soon as possible. Cause then also you'd have a heel on top, which seems to be something that Tony is, is better at doing now. Let's let's end on a I, I at least for me a very positive note. Okay. Main event of Battle of the Belts last night, Ring of Honor mm-hmm. World Title, Claudio Castagnoli defending against Kanosuke Takeshita. God damn, this match was fucking great. Uh yes, it, it had a very it, it felt to me like a New Japan match. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because it started you know slow and technical and and worked its way up into just crazy false finishes and amazingness. Um, yeah. Side note: the fact that they are now calling his uh, his power bomb the Cinnabomb yeah, uh, over Takeshita's love gorgeous. for Cinnabon is just it warms my uh, my cold black heart here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean Claudio and 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 Takeshita are so perfect for each other, like mm-hmm. best of seven series. And I feel yeah. like I say that. Uh, with Claudio for pretty much anybody and you know the best <laughs> yeah. of seven series with Seamus back in the day led to the bar which was a really fun tag team for the two yeah. of them um so you know what I, and I'm not sure how long Takeshita's um excursion in the states is he's sure as hell getting his uh you know getting the reps in uh, yeah. and putting on nothing but bangers anywhere he goes but um you know if he 
you know, wants to stick around in the States. Uh, you know, I think another member of the Blackpool Combat Club uh, in the form of Takeshita would be a great uh, addition. Well, it's funny you say that because Regal even said that uh, on yeah. commentary. And uh, credit to the booth in that match. Yes, it was a four-man booth, I think, because it yeah, was yeah. Uh, as Excalibur. Uh, Regal and uh, Caprice Coleman, Caprice, yeah. who uh, goddamn, I'm becoming a huge fan of as a commentator. Yeah. Um, but all four of them were putting over different things. You know, Excalibur being uh, the the steady hand, calling the moves, calling the match. Regal putting over the strategy of both competitors. Uh, uh, Coleman bringing a lot of the history of Ring of Honor to things. Taz yeah. doing great on color throughout. I, I I really thought they did a killer job, which they kind of needed to because. God damn it. If there's anything that WWE uh, WWE's crew needs to have stolen by AEW, it is the fucking ring mic people. Because I felt like all show long, I could not hear the impact of the mat. I could not hear the crowd right. Like, that, that really did a disservice to that match. Because it looked like the crowd was losing their fucking minds. Yeah. Audio-wise... Eh, it didn't really seem like a big to do. Um, but I, I thought the commentary was so good at, at putting over uh, the history of both guys, what they were going for at each time, how they're evenly matched. Uh, the the shout outs to the history of Claudio with uh, Sami Zayn or, or El Generico, whatever you want to call yeah. him, uh, down to Takeshita even doing a uh, Haluva kick in the corner. Uh, of course, they both have both have the blue, blue thunder, thunder bombs in, yeah. in their uh, uh, arsenal. Just it was it was like so mentions of Junakiyama. Yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah. They really they went into the lore. Yeah, uh, and to the to a benefit uh, for both men here. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it never felt like it was sort of ostracizing the you know the the newer fans. Excuse me. Yeah. It, was, it was sort of indicating that like a match like this is just the tip of the wrestling iceberg, which yeah. I, I think is so smart and so clever to do. But if you just look at without that commentary, just the, the match they put on, it was just so hard nosed and like they fought for everything, you know, every hold, every move. Uh, you know, the, the surprise rush at the start for both guys, Claudio trying to mm-hmm. go for the uh, uppercut. Uh, Takeshita having scouted, then going for uh, a running boot of his own, which Claudio had scouted. So it was, it was just so goddamn great. And um, yeah, I, I, I like you. I don't know how long Takeshita is supposed to stay in the states. I think he's at least going back to Japan uh, sometime later this month because he's supposed to be on a DDT show. I don't know if he's supposed mm. to come back after that. But uh, he's a guy that if they wanted to make a star tomorrow, they could. Um, I just hope they they actually give him – if they choose to make him a star, they give him some more wins on screen because a lot of what yeah, I've no. been doing is having big-time matches that he loses very yeah. definitively. So yeah. kind of – I mean he had there. a squash match on Rampage to help build him uh, yeah. up towards this. Yeah. I don't even remember who he fought, some uh, guy. Uh, Ryan like, Nemeth. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and it was like under two minutes. Yeah, so. well, it, it was his second match of the night because they taped the yeah. on the belts before Rampage went live. Right. Um, but, yeah, just just so goddamn good. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's funny also to sort of uh, compare and contrast to Keshida and how he's handled with how, like, uh, Mancer was handled. Uh, yeah. Going against John Moxley. I mean, Mancer looked good. Mancer was giving a good promo and everything. But, like. I didn't feel like I needed to see more of him after Rampage against, right. you know, anyone in AEW versus Takeshita, where I want to see him go against everyone a million Everybody. times. Everybody. 
So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like Takeshita is one of those guys that if he wanted to come back to the States, I'm sure Tony would love to have him. And if they yeah. do have him, he's going to be part of that next, you know, the next pillars that everybody mm-hmm. is talking about, which leads me before we get out. I know we're running a little late, but over the past couple of weeks, I think my favorite thing that's been happening in AEW Takeshita aside has been the um, implosion of Team Taz. Yes. And you oh, had, God damn. You had, yes. Holy shit. Yeah, how, you, do, how, you, how do we not bring this up? Well, I think <laughs> we haven't taped in two weeks. So yeah. two weeks ago or two uh, dynamites ago, you had Ricky Starks defending the FTW championship against Dan Housen, which dream dream, you know, situation for me. It was a fun match. It was pretty much what I expected. But then again, Ricky calls out for another challenger outcomes hook of all yes. people who then beats Ricky taps out Ricky Starks to the uh, red rum uh, new champion show of respect between yeah. hook and, uh, and, and that and, felt like and such a, a, a star making moment for hook. I mean, hook has been a star from yes. the jump. But like this felt like one of those, you know, one of those he beat prime somebody moments. legit. Yeah, one of those prime moments yeah. in wrestling where you know everything just is firing at the right time. But right. then, oh then they go to boy. commercial. They come oh back boy. from commercial. Starks is in the ring with Shivani and Hobbs. Starks is you know cutting a very heartfelt promo about you know it may not be a recognized championship, but I gave him my all. I'm absolute, and you know crowds the losing their mind. Full out. face turn. Full yeah. face turn for Ricky. It's like, oh, it's, shit, we got a superstar ready to go. Yep. The timing hasn't worked out for me and Hobbs. And then, boom, blindsided by Hobbs. <laughs> the timing uh, of that was so good. Gorgeous. Like, like, Absolutely like gorgeous. Like, the crowd was just peaking perfectly. Yep. Like, yeah, we're behind Ricky Starks. And then here comes this flying arm from Hobbs. Yep. And it's the simplest pro wrestling storytelling. I'm your yeah. friend. I'm your pal. Fuck that shit. I'm not anymore. And the booze rained down yeah. so hard. Oh, it was perfect. Gorgeous. It was yeah. perfect. And then they followed it up this week. Uh, Hobbs had a, uh, a squat. I don't even remember who he squashed. Some random some guy random I never guy. heard of. Yeah. Some AEW dark guy. Um, and then, you know, he's celebrating and out comes Ricky Starks just fucking sprinting to the ring yeah doesn't even wait for his in. music to hit perfectly no yeah yeah no pose no nothing he's fired up sprints to the ring goes down there gets a couple blows in and then boom spine buster and you're down yeah uh, this this feud i mean i'd imagine it would happen at all out um i hope so I, I because i cannot wait at fucking on fucking rampage it looked like stark's gonna have a thing with the factory and i'm like god no please no anything yeah let's that. let's no. not do that no. i mean no, no, you know no, no 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 matches against factory members could be something to you know help get him to the match uh with hobbs or sure. you know hobbs come down sure. and try and interfere or something like that um that's uh, a part of the journey not the destination hopefully uh yeah. is this bullshit with the factory these assholes 2.0 um <laughs> Although I must say, Nick Camarado, whatever the fuck he was wearing and sucking on a dum dum, <laughs> I don't know what was happening there, but it was it, it caught my eye. Yeah, it caught my no, eye. It worked. It definitely uh, worked. And the less Aaron Solo gets to say, probably the best. But um, I'm curious to see what happens uh, with Hook now, with Hookhausen now, uh, Taz doing a very unceremonious dissolution of Team Taz on commentary. Um, yeah. Just for the people uh, at home, nobody, um, nobody in the crowd got to hear that, so they were probably like, "What's happening here?" Yeah. Um, having but, having been in the crowd for a segment like that, you're just like, "Yeah, why, why are the commentators on screen? What's happening?" Yeah. 
So, but yeah, that's uh, I definitely wanted to, to chat about that because everything happening with those uh, those three to four to five guys, if you count Danhausen and Taz, uh, has been very, very exciting to me over the past couple Fuck weeks. Fuck it, man. Lights out match. Let's go Hobbs Starks for all out. Let's let's just have them do a big smoke and mirrors shit kicker match. Let's just do the damn yeah. thing. Oh. Beat the hell out of each other. Let's go. God damn. And that reminds me, Chris, if you can look over there, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and bring my forearm up here. And we're just going to, why don't you tell the, why don't you tell the audience how much you love them? Oh, am I going <laughs> to, can I, can I make the Kurt Angle face? So I'm just like, <laughs> with the punch, just like freeze framed right here coming at me. Yeah, I, done. I think that's where we're doing. And right. boom. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough Pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. Hello there. Are you on the hill of a recent face turn? but find that the audience isn't buying your recent and sudden change of heart? Are you concerned that your newfound good guy status won't get over and you'll be relegated to permanent mid-card status? Well, you're not alone. Hundreds of wrestlers each year find themselves switching allegiances, joining new factions, and pairing up with tag team partners, unsure if they made the right decision. That's where I come in. I'm Dr. Ron Funches, and I run About Faces Gimmick Adjustment Services. Come in today for a no-cost evaluation, and we'll plan your next step together. Meet with our on-site tailor to discuss new tights, or speak with our one-on-one slogan coach to come up with a new catchphrase that'll have the internet buzzing. It's time to put some syrup on that flapjack. At About Faces, face turns are what we do, and we do them well. Now get out there and give that handicapped kids in the front row your glasses.